I'm David Farrier, a New Zealander who ended up accidentally marooned in America, and I want to grasp what makes this country tick. Now, back in New Zealand, our main sport is rugby. Two teams of 15 people, an oval-shaped ball and lots of rucking, mauling and tackling. And of course, scrums and the haka. Our national team is the All Blacks, and it's all anyone ever talks about. Here in America, rugby barely exists. No one seems to even know what it is. Instead, you've got football, which is confusing because in New Zealand, football means soccer. In America, it's something else entirely. This confusion shouldn't be all that surprising. American football evolved out of soccer and rugby, the first ever football game taking place 153 years ago. Since then, it's become the most watched sport in America. More than 101 million Americans watched the Super Bowl this year. That's more than the entire population of the United Kingdom, Australia, and New Zealand combined. And it helps explain why the NFL made about $12 billion last year. 45 million Americans will bet on games this season to the tune of about $12 billion. But to me, it's still a total mystery. I mean, the ball is the same shape as rugby, but instead of running around in skimpy shorts and t-shirts, everyone is dressed like some kind of gladiator. So grab your helmet, shoulder pads, and a protective cup to place over your genitals. This is the football episode. I only know football from, what was that TV show? Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights. God, it's a good show. Kyle Chandler's great. I'll watch him in anything. But I feel that's the only thing I know about football, which is a problem because this country loves it. I need to ask you Mm. who your favorite character is. Look, this is embarrassing, but I don't really remember much of it except for Kyle Chandler being a cool coach. The rest of it kind of blurs, and I feel that's all sport in my mind. I'll see it, mm. and then anything I learn just sort of instantly disappears from my brain. Okay. So it's just Kyle Chandler, who, as an aside, was in this amazing show called Early Edition. Did you ever watch it? Yeah, about the, he got the newspaper early. He got the news early. early from a cat. I think that's what drove me into journalism. Oh, They're rebooting. My God. They're rebooting Early Edition. They're bringing it back. Of course you remember the cat portion of that show. That was so good. You'd be um, like, and you'd open the door and there was the next day's news. It was such a good oh concept. Oh, my God. All right. I feel like Friday Night Lights is pretty accurate to a lot of hometowns, a lot of small towns, especially like mm. southern small towns, who feel like their whole everything is based around their high school football team. So I was thinking about this and your love of cheerleading because we don't have cheerleaders. Fans are on the side, but there's no. no official team cheering them on. When you're an official team beyond high school, there'd be maybe a cheerleading team, but it's, um, I think, only for our basketball team. Oh, Oh, sure. no, and maybe, this is embarrassing, I know nothing about even <laughs> New Zealand sport. We do have some cheerleaders, but not in school. So school games are much more low-key and college games are much more low-key than what you have here. I see. That's no fun. We don't like to have fun. You guys are not fun. No, we, keep, we take things very seriously. 
One of my fondest high school memories is we would have to make the banners for the football game. So there was this like huge, huge banner that we would paint like the week before. In school time or like after school? After school. school, after school. That was school. an after school activity that you would all do. The cheerleaders, <laughs> we had to do it. So you, you would cheerlead for football games? Exactly. So I was on wow. the competition squad, but we also had to cheer sideline football. So there is this feeling of being behind your school and like, if you cheer hard enough, the team will do better. Yeah, because you want them to feel empowered. Like people are rooting for them and dancing and wearing small skirts for them. Yeah, it's it's, all, it's, it's like motivational. Exactly. They look and they see this like amazing thing going on. Okay, but real quick mm. about the banner. So they're huge and you paint them and the cheerleaders... Before the games start, someone okay. gets on each side, mm -hmm. you hold up the banner, and then the football players run through it. Oh, like crash that's through right. and sort of tear it down. Yes. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, it is I exciting. Like it's always a little scary for the people holding. Absolutely. Because you get jostled. You get, yeah, it's like, and suddenly everyone's falling out. This that's is chaotic. Right. And this is all across America, people are doing this? Yes. Or just at your school? No, no, no. If you have a good football program, you have banners. So Dax says that there is a football team. Legally, he can't say anything, but he is in the room. And there is a college football team that releases a wild animal onto the field. And then they have right. to wrangle it, a <laughs> buffalo. This is wild. That seems crazy because a buffalo would definitely rip up the field. It would. I feel like the, the whole thing is the grass has to be smooth so players don't trip over. Suddenly you've got a wild animal tearing up the grass. The Super Bowl was not that long ago. I was near downtown, so I went to the Staples Center. It's not called the Staples Center. It's like the Crypto Arena or some okay. ridiculous name because they had big screens up. And I thought maybe I could sort of learn a little bit about football via that. Oh. But I spoke to a bunch of people down there just to kind of get that take because I figured the Super Bowl was like a good in for me to learn about the culture a Definitely. little bit. Definitely. I go to all the Super Bowl by the grace of God. I go to all the Super Bowl, me and my family. What makes football such a good game to watch? I think it's the energy, um, it's the camaraderie that you experience, it's the rivalries uh, from state to state, from division to division, from coast to coast. It's like a collaboration of all of those things. Hey, what's up, New Zealand? It's lovely to meet you. I'm trying to understand this game because we don't have this game in New Zealand at all. I was wondering if you could like explain to me the significance of what is going on right now. Man, it's the greatest game in the United States all over the world. Super Bowl is the biggest event ever. What are the main rules I need to know to understand the game? The, the main rule is to get down there and score a touchdown. When they score a touchdown, the one that scores the most touchdown will be the winner, of course. Everyone here, you know, are strangers, but then we become one. We become a family just watching the game, regardless of who we're voting for or who we're rooting for. It just becomes a good time. Do you guys know much about football? So, um, I dated a football player. That was kind of disgusting, but anyway. What's your favorite snack to eat while you're watching the Super Bowl? Um, anything edible. <laughs> The biggest things in America would be like nachos, wings, fries. Like those are the stable foods for any type of game. If I was back home, I'd do little slider burgers, hamburgers. There's a lot of finger foods. Energy down here is pretty amazing. Oh, wow. In LA, no, it's live and die in LA. It's the place to be. 
Wow. People that were was fired up. Yeah, everyone was so fired up. And it seemed to me to be as much about food as watching the game. A hundred percent. So Super Bowl, it really does bring everyone together because there's three major components. Mm. No, I'm sorry. There's four. Okay. There's the game. Mm-hmm. There's the halftime show. Uh-huh. Yeah. There Huge. is the commercials. And there are the snacks. Yeah. Okay. So there's four big pieces that... Altogether, everyone is drawn to at least one of those four, if not more. I'm three out of the four. Football's the one I'm not into. <laughs> Always intrigued by the ads. Love yes. the food that I ate down there because I did have some wings and they're really good. Yeah. But the football, no interest You're not whatsoever. interested. But you like no. the commercials, you like the snacks, and you like the halftime show, I can only Halftime assume. show was incredible. Yeah. I mean, especially like, what a production. this year. Wow. I loved it. I tried to get into the game, but apparently very expensive tickets. Couldn't oh, swing it. I tried to <laughs> my way in. Did not did not work at all. Yeah, did not work at all. While we were on the road doing our live show, Rob hooked us up with going to see this meet. Forgive myself. (laughs) We both. You sound dumb. Football is such a mystery. (laughs) It's so funny having two people that don't really like sport all that much talking about sport. It's true. It's a funny situation. I don't want to get roped in Mm. to your dislike. I enjoy it. A lot. But oh, to I, be clear, I'm not cynical about sport. Okay. I appreciate people's love of it and I want to learn about football. My frustration is that the rules are just so confusing and so are. strange. Like I feel I can watch a basketball game. It's very clear to me who the players are. I can see the numbers. I can see what they're doing. Yes. I understand how the scoring works. When I'm watching football, everyone's so far away. It's stopping and starting all the time. And I just find it really difficult to follow. And that was my difficulty getting into it. It seems like with basketball, they made up the rules first. Mm -hmm. Like they were like, let's invent this game. And Mm. they made up a bunch of rules and then people stuck to it. It seems like Mm. with football, they just started making rules as people were playing. Absolutely. So it does feel (laughs) crazy. And it does feel like some of them are just like, oh, that's a blue card because yeah, it doesn't feel natural. It doesn't feel like this naturally unfolding thing. Exactly. So yeah, um, I spent a lot of time talking to people outside the Super Bowl. And to be honest with this documentary, I just thought I would like stay talking to them because I thought they would be the best people I could learn from about football. So I just stayed. I'd found myself at a sports bar in downtown LA. Everyone glued to the Super Bowl. We travel over a thousand miles and we ain't even at the actual game. That's how important this is to us. I'd come here to try and make sense of this game and was instantly impressed by how enthusiastic everyone was. It was the Los Angeles Rams versus the Cincinnati Bengals. And spoiler alert, the Rams won. Very last minute, very hectic, and there was a lot of screaming. But during the game, I realized everyone here was too heavily invested in the game to try and explain the intricacies of football to a clueless Kiwi. I'm here for Joe Burrow. He's hot and he's single. All I really picked up is that football fans are incredibly loud and eating and drinking is a big part of the game. We do wings, nachos, a lot of alcohol. I left the bar in a daze, full of too many medallos. To crack this puzzle of football, I realized I'd need to talk to an expert, someone who knew the game inside and out, someone who could communicate not only the confusing rules of the game, but the culture of football. Who better for the job than someone who'd played in the NFL for over a decade? I know so little about America and about sport as well. So I'm sort of hoping to be educated by you. Always be nice to the big guy. That's all I say. Always be nice to the big guy. 
I think that's good life advice in general, and standing next to you in particular, I feel it now. (laughs) I'm standing next to Walter Jones, an absolute giant of a man. I'm 6'2", he's 6'5". And while I'm a tiny stick of a human, Walter is huge. He weighs about 325 pounds, almost two of me. I feel like I'm standing next to a bear. Fortunately for me, a very friendly bear. Walter was drafted by the Seahawks in 1997, starting every game he played. 180 games in total. Did you see that? Walter Jones knocked him to the ground, almost knocked his helmet off while he was doing it. Walter's known as one of the best tackles ever to play the game, and as a member of the NFL Hall of Fame. And right now we're standing next to each other in the Seahawks locker room in Seattle. This is their private, this is where they get ready. You know, they don't want a lot of cameras in here, so... Anytime you get a chance to see this, it's pretty amazing. I was super surprised at how big this locker room is. I was expecting it to be like really like hemmed in and small. This is huge. Well, you got to realize that, you know, it's like 15 of my sizes in here. So got to be a bigger locker room. What is it like in here before a game? What is the vibe? I think everybody's in their own little space. You're going to get ready to go on to play in the game of your dreams. So the locker room is pretty amazing. Did you have any kind of rituals that you would go through before take me through what you do? Was, I used to lay my outfit out before I wore it. So I tell people all the time, you want to see how it looked before you put it on your body. So I always did that. So I used to learn that from Deion Sanders. I have no idea who Deion Sanders is. All I can imagine is Walter carefully laying his outfit out in front of him, like a schoolgirl preparing for prom. You want to see how your outfit looked before you put it on. So I will lay it out on the floor. Stay tuned for more Flightless Bird. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Shouldn't really need to say this, but it's really important you take care of your mind. You go to the doctor routinely for checkups on your body. Mm -hmm. Why would you not do that for your brain? Your brain controls everything. The brain's the main part. Without the brain, (laughs) things start to get really derailed. So yeah, I think it pays to keep an eye on it. But I get that it can feel inconvenient finding a person or having to go to a place, but that's why BetterHelp is so awesome because you can do it all online. They do video phone and live chat therapy sessions. It took me weeks to find my therapist before I knew (laughs) about BetterHelp. And this is so nice because they'll match you with someone in under 48 hours. I just came from therapy, actually. It went well. I always just feel so much lighter after. The thing with BetterHelp as well is that it's more affordable than in-person therapy, which can be pretty good because therapy can be expensive. So our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com dot com slash bird. That's better H E L P dot com slash bird. Flightless Bird is brought to you by Article. You spend a lot of time in your bedroom, and sure, some of that time you're unconscious because you're sleeping, but a lot of that time you're not sleeping, and it's important that your bedroom is a good environment to be in. I love Article, and in fact, I have these two amazing Article chairs, and I just lent them to somebody, so I'm probably just going to have to buy more and give those to them because I can't go too long without my nice chairs. 
I'm new here. I'm currently setting up my apartment. An article offers cozy beds, swanky headboards, and a ton of lighting options to help you set the tone. What's awesome about it is they cut out the middleman, so you do save up to 30% off traditional retail prices, which is so nice. Article is dedicated to a modern aesthetic of mid-century Scandinavian industrial and bohemian designs. Fast-affordable shipping is available across the US and Canada and is free on orders over $999. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash bird and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's A-R-T-I-C-L-E dot com slash bird for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Each player gets their own locker and I'm struck by how tidy they all are. Their uniforms hung up perfectly, everything immaculate. Walter walks me past his old locker, and on the wall is a great big photo of him beaming down at us. He retired in 2009. Does it get smelly in the locker room, like when there's uh, at different the times? Worst, I think the worst it gets is probably doing a training camp, because you're practicing more. You're getting like two or three practices in the day. And I know a lot of guys was like, you know, don't want to change. They want to stay in the same clothes throughout the whole day. Just outside the locker room is a hallway where we're confronted with a wall of snacks. I feel like I'm at the grocery store checkout, and it's just heaps of different candy and chewing gum. Except the gum collection in front of us is way bigger than any grocery store. I had no idea football players loved chewing gum this much. Apparently, it increases blood flow and boosts your brain activity. But honestly, I think it's probably just good at calming pregame nerves. What we're walking past now, I was particularly impressed with. This is like some sort of gum heaven. I know guys have their own flavors, what they like. So I get they got to make sure they got everybody flavors in here. So it's pretty cool, though. You know, good guys like to snack before the game. Some guys like to chew gum throughout the game. So you got to have a lot of candy for everybody and what they like and what they want to eat on. Were you a gum chewer when you played? I wasn't doing the game time, but I totally get why, guys. I'm more of a, you know, uh, some some Gatorade. And stuff, you know, this is my favorite right here. They just got these here, though, so I choose. Oh, I choose are great. Oh, that's, a, that's a great candy. Yeah, yes, yeah. these are so good. These are these are very addictive, though, so I love those. So. As an aside, Haichu is this amazing Japanese candy that's now apparently made its way to America. And Walter Jones loves this Jealousy. stuff. Do you have like a ritual of what you're eating before a game? Because surely that's pretty important what you're fueling. You're just back here like throwing back haichu candy. Like on, on a Sunday, they do breakfast. They do like a brunch. So you have a choice between breakfast and brunch. So me personally, I would try to get everything in. I get my protein in, eggs, you know, hash brown, steak, yeah. potatoes. I do a spaghetti all in one place. So you get it all in in one, one sitting, then you get ready for the game. I'm fairly certain if I ate that on the day of a game, I'd throw it all up on the fields. But I guess part of Walter's job was to be big. You don't get big by eating salads all day, do you? So me personally, I had to have a little weight on me. So I wasn't more watching what I eat as making sure that I make weight <laughs> on Friday. So, But then you got the little guys that have to be able to get up and down the field. So they have to watch their weight and be healthy at all the time. Walter opens a giant door and we're in a giant white hallway. It goes on for what seems like forever. And it's surreal because it's dead calm. I imagine on game day, this place is hectic. And then suddenly the corridor ends and we're standing on this giant fields. The fields. Apparently the home crowd here in Seattle is known for being incredibly noisy. Like they create seismic activity out here. 
Seahawks fans have made seismic history again. During yesterday's playoff win over the New Orleans Saints, fans shook the ground so much that it registered as an earthquake. It got so loud one time, they now refer to it as the beast quake. Does the noise get you? Like, it's so loud out here. Do you sometimes just sort of want everyone to shut up so you can concentrate <laughs> on what's going on? You know, for me personally, it's fun for me because it's a good feeling to have. To be able to, when you leave, your head is ringing from the noise. I think after a good game or a big game, when you wake up, your ears are still ringing. So that's a good thing. That telling you that the Seahawks are playing good. People just get so hyped for football. And I think part of it has to do with the fact that football games are special. Like with baseball, each team generally plays 162 games a season. That's so many games. With football, a regular season is just 17 games. That means each of those games really matter. And heading towards the Super Bowl, as teams get eliminated, tribes of fans have to unite together, eventually backing just one of two remaining teams. With all that in mind, it's surreal being in the stadium today, because apart from some people cleaning, it's dead quiet. Kind of spooky, actually. But Walter says the hype of running down this corridor into a crazy crowd never got old. Being part of this team and being able to be a starter, to be able to come out on this field, I was able to do it for, what, 12 years? So anytime that they intro the offense, you look forward to it. I think as an offensive line, you get about right here, and they have the smoke going. You know, as the offensive line, you say, myself, you know, you see all the skilled guys, they come out, they be flipping and jumping. But we like as linemen, like, all we got to do is get out there where everybody's at. You know, they got the smoke blaring, so you're trying to see that. So, but it's a pretty cool experience. It must be the best feeling running out. And I hear, like, your, your crowd as well is, like, particularly loud, right? Oh, they're very loud. They're very loud. And you always want to see who get the loudest cheers. It's never you, you going against a guy, but I think all guys, when they want to come out of here, they want to know who's getting a lot of cheers. So to be able to be a part of that, it's pretty cool. I haven't even begun to talk about my actual connection to football because I went to a college right. where football was everything. This was your life. University of Georgia, we won the national game. <laughs> Congratulations. That's so, I'm so proud of that historic achievement. <laughs> this year. A memory that's really stuck. <laughs> No, this year. Oh, this right. Year we this, did. this year. Okay. Yeah. And okay, this is embarrassing, but I did not. I was in a bad mood. Mm. So I didn't watch it. But it is such an experience. Those college mm. games, you wake up at like five or six, mm. you have to claim your tailgating spot, mm -hmm. and you set up your grill and mm. your tents, and then you just are there all your grill, day. Like a barbecue. Yeah. So you're cooking down there as oh, well. Oh, yeah. You're, you're wow. grilling hot dogs and Americans hamburgers. Love grilling. They Any really excuse do. to grill and you're grilling. Ding, 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 yeah. beef episode. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, and then you're just out there all day. You're drinking all day and mm. you're eating all day and you're. it's hot out and so you're sweaty. And at yeah. Georgia, the girls dressed up. You wore dresses. <laughs> oh, such <laughs> customs around all of this stuff. I know. Like so many customs. When mm. you watch the Super Bowl this mm. year, Rams, mm -hmm. LA, so mm. exciting. Mm. By the end... Were you excited? I got excited. Yeah, you no, I can't not. And I think what I hadn't had before, I'd watched 
bits of games on a TV or like clips on the internet back in New Zealand. But being there, the volume is so loud. You can't get away (laughs) from how excited everybody is. Yeah. And that does transfer over. And it's weird because even though I didn't know what was going on, you kind of get to know because whatever team is yelling the loudest and everyone (laughs) dresses up. Like it's clear like (laughs) what team is what, like fan. Yeah. You just get drawn into that hype. Like it's hard not to. It's part of the intrinsic draw. What one of the Mm. people said is like, everyone kind of comes together. It's weird because two things are happening. You're very divided. It's very tribal (laughs) because you're for your team. Mm. But it also feels unifying in this major way. And we just don't have that many opportunities for that. And also it's what someone said, this isn't a political thing. And it does feel like one of the few rival things where it's not political. It's just pure. It's just like a very basic rivalry. It is. Basic, but huge because it's the most massive sporting event ever. I'm sure there's some interesting psychology about the contagion of fervor and crowds. Yes. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's catchy, that stuff. And also you just feel like a real dork if you're there just sort of moping around. It's impossible to do that. Anyway, uh, back to me and my oversized buddy, Walter. Back to embarrass myself and humiliate myself some more. This is deeply embarrassing to say, but I'm from New Zealand. I know nothing about this game at all. So it's kind of, I feel awkward talking to you because I feel so stupid. You've got these, like, all these sports you can get into in America. Like, why was football the thing that you were like, yeah, this is my thing? Can you you look at (laughs) Can you look at me? No, no. He's gesturing at himself and his giant body as if to say, what the hell else would I choose to do for a living, you friggin' idiot? I got introduced as a freshman in high school, and uh, yeah. and I fit the building, you know what I'm saying? I had the size. I could do it at a very high level. So for me personally, that's the reason why I got in. And then there was an opportunity for me, you know, I come from a family of eight with yeah. a single mom. So I looked at it as an opportunity to change my life and change my family life. So that's the reason why I got into it, and it was offered to me. And But still, again, you know, it takes a lot of hard work, a lot of determination to get to this level. It's a full-time job year-round to be able to be prepared and be ready every season. And how long do you play for? I played for uh, 12 years, all with the same team, so it's pretty cool. Unlike my lazy body, which sits in front of a computer all day typing with my soft, pathetic hands, Walter's body has been through some shit. How important is the padding? Because like in New Zealand, right, we've got rugby. Yeah. We don't wear anything. Yeah. You know, we've got no padding. What's <laughs> the deal what? with I all think, the padding? I, I think when you start, when you first start playing, it's all about the padding. But I think as you learn the game, you start taking stuff off. It's kind of like, I look at it as like aerodynamics where the less you have on, the better you move. So I think as you get good in this game, you learn, okay, I don't need that because I don't need that for what I play for. But you still have to wear some protection stuff to protect your knees and your thighs and your shoulders. Those are the most important parts that you need for playing football. So, But I think as you play this game, you know, you see some guys out there with their knees showing. So I think it's all about your position and what you have to do to protect yourself in the game. What's the biggest injury you sustained in your oh time uh, playing? I had uh, three shoulder surgeries. I had uh, two knee surgeries, and I think my knee surgeries were called it quits for me when I was like, I'm done with this game, so it was pretty cool. I'm not entirely convinced it's pretty cool, but I'm glad Walter had such a good time playing this game. And it's about at this moment I'm struck by the realization I don't even know what position he played, and I don't even know what the positions are. I came here to learn, but keep getting distracted by questions about gum and if the locker room smells or not. I played offensive line. My job was to protect the quarterback and open the holes up for the uh, running back. 
So you got five guys that call the offensive linemen that protect the quarterback. So out the left tackle, that's supposed to be the most important position on the field because you're protecting the quarterback blind side because most quarterbacks are right-handed. So basically when they're throwing the ball, they got their back turned to the guy that's coming back here. So my job is to protect him, to keep him. Look, to be honest, none of this made sense to me at all. It didn't at the time, and listening to it back now, it doesn't help either. This game, I don't even know how long the games are. Like, <laughs> the games are 60 minutes long, four quarters at 15 minutes a quarter. So, usually a good game is probably 55 to 60 snaps in a game. That's a good game. To score, you're either getting like touchdowns or you're kicking it through the post. To get caught the, uh, the goal line, you get six points. Then you kick it through there. That's a PAT. That's called point after a touchdown. So you get six points and then you can kick it through the field goal. That's another one point. But then you have field goal. That's when you don't get in the end zone, but you get four downs to get in there. If you don't get in there, you kick a field goal, you get three points. So that's how it works. So one point sometimes, three points other times, but mostly just six points. I think that's how it goes. You know, once you figure it out, it's pretty easy. How much of the game is like planning out a scheme before each game and like just reacting in the moment to what's going on? Uh, I think a lot of it's planning, but you know, you have to be able to multitask. You got 35 seconds to figure out if the quarterback changed the play and then be able to get the job done. Stay tuned for more Flightless Bird. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Flightless Bird is brought to you by Indeed. No one has a business like yours with all its strengths and challenges. To succeed, you need a hiring partner that adapts to your needs. You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Find great talent faster through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. I just like it because it's easy. Stuff with work should be as easy as humanly possible, and that's what Indeed is out to do. It's got such great talent. Three out of four of US online job seekers search for jobs on Indeed each month, according to Comscore. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash bird. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash bird. Indeed.com slash bird. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. One thing I'm curious about is whether the different teams try and psych each other out. Like, back in New Zealand, the All Blacks are known for doing the haka before the game, a ceremonial war dance that freaks the other team out. Also in rugby, no one wears helmets, and so you can read everyone's expressions and emotions. In football, it's all helmets, faces covered up. Some people out there will be trying to get to you. They'll be like shit talking. Oh, totally. Yeah, there were some guys out there. You know, I remember playing against a guy, and his whole highlights was all about him talking noise. And I'm like, oh my god, I got to hear this guy all day. But you know, I got in the game, and you know, once you hit him in the mouth, you keep him quiet. So once you figure that out, you go out there and you have fun. Fun. For me, a nerdy, clumsy, cowardly Kiwi, football seems the opposite of fun. I guess I'm just not built for it. Even the antics off the field sound a bit too intense for me. Oh my God, I slapped my starting quarterback? Yeah, like the time Walter slapped the starting quarterback to wake him up. A story Walter recites like a cheeky, naughty child. I smacked him pretty good. But the next morning, 
He had my whole handprint on his face. And they were talking about he might have had a little slight concussion. Because I came down pretty hard, but I, I thought it was... As Walt has been telling me the story, his eyes have shifted down to his giant hands. They're like big meat gloves. He clocks this and jumps at the opportunity. And then, you know, if you ever want to slap, you know, you just want to feel what he felt. You, you know, we can always put that on camera, right? No, I'm, I, I feel okay. I feel okay. No, no, those are big hands. Cold too? <laughs> Why is football, like the best sport because it's so American to me you know what I told a long time ago people say you can hit somebody and get away with it you know what I'm saying as a kid you know they tell you, you can't hit nobody so this is where you can come out here and hit somebody and get away with it and it's fun you know? I think maybe I'm finally beginning to understand this mysterious sport I thank Walter for his time and I think our time together is over but he gestures that he has more to say I keep recording wondering if maybe I'm about to get some kind of football scoop you believe in UFOs? I totally believe in UFOs. You believe in well, UFOs? I think there's something out there going on, but I don't quite know what. I know, right? Something going on. Something going to happen. Where do you get this belief from? Like, what's your... I don't know. I think it's just like the, the universe is too big for us to only be the only... You know, I would really like to know that. And I'm always asking high security people about UFOs all the time. I got a brother in the military. I always ask every FBI if I get... Hey, the UFOs? I always say it all the time because I hopefully one day they might see me talking about it. I'm talking about the UFOs. I'm not talking about the LBI. I'm talking about the UFO might come and visit me and say, hey, you want to believe this? They won't nobody believe me, though. So, To be honest, I felt I followed this conversation about alien life more than I followed the conversation about football, which probably doesn't bode well for me fitting into American culture. But I'm going to keep trying. It's the New Zealand way. I really liked Walter a lot. He was kind of great. The thing that you can't get across, obviously, talking about is how big he was. Yeah. He was so big. So when he was talking about smacking another player in the face <laughs> while he was sleeping, so intense. I could hear the fear in, in your <laughs> voice when he was getting excited about maybe slapping you. He got really excited. Fame. Rob was there, like, taking some photos. And so I think he got very excited. He was like, oh, that guy must be filming. So I want to hit this guy. I'm surprised Rob didn't push it. He's such a rascal. Oh, he was encouraging. Thanks. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I felt I got some good insight because... With Friday Night Lights, I feel like I got a bit of the behind the scenes, but actually being in that locker room as well and yeah. like feeling that energy and getting to hang out with him, it did feel kind of special. At the Super Bowl party I was at, there was a lot of us there, 25 or something, let's mm. say, and all of us were rooting for the Rams, obviously. Mm. And one person, one person was rooting for Cincinnati and it almost felt unethical. <laughs> like the, the amount of volume yeah. and hype and rowdiness in his face. It just <laughs> yeah, felt mean. Yeah, down at where I was watching, I feel like Cincinnati had like the best outfits. It's like the orange really cut through. Oh. And so I kind of ended up, despite watching it in Los Angeles, kind of siding with them. Like I David. really, I really liked those fans. I thought they were really neat fans. You I just, liked all of them. Okay, you know they didn't pick the color. That's <laughs> no, no, true. <laughs> it's just I like the color. It's all about like what color's the best. I really love that. Okay. Also, while we were listening, Dion Sanders. Oh yeah, who is that mystery man? 
Deion Sanders. Mm. I'm going to read his Wikipedia, okay? okay? Nicknamed Primetime and Neon Dion is a former <laughs> football and baseball player oh. and currently the head football coach at Jackson State. Mm-hmm. He played in the NFL for 14 seasons as a member of the Falcons. Oh, yeah, that's my team. Woo! See, I just Woo. got excited. Yeah. <laughs> uh, San Francisco 49ers, Dallas Cowboys, mm-hmm. Washington Redskins. Oh, my God. Problematic name. They're going to change it to something eventually. At some point. But for the last like two, three holder. seasons... They call them the football team. It's like Bodie McBoatface. What's that? Is that a New Zealand character? In the UK, opened up naming a ship to the public. You should never open anything up to the public. So oh. they ended up calling this boat Bodie McBoatface. Oh wow! Oh <laughs> Just, my god! Which Bodie. is so, which is so good. <laughs> That's great. This guy is very famous. Clearly, he is very famous. When he was brought up, I laughed because I was like, "Oh my god, David doesn't know." And then I was like. Oh, wait, I don't know, because I thought it was Dion Warwick. <laughs> All right. Okay. I thought you were it's a talking whole, di- about it's a whole different Warwick. person. Yeah, it's Whitney Houston's aunt and oh. also was a singer. And so this not Dion Sanders. What I loved about Walter the most is that he was a really terrifying size, but he also did seem like the most gentle person ever. It was a weird dichotomy because his physicality was terrifying because he's just huge and powerful. Yeah. Mixed messages. Mixed messages. He'd giggle a lot. Aww. And everything was cool. <laughs> Truly, I don't think we can have a conversation about football ethically without bringing up CTE. I don't know anything about Walter. I'm not saying he experiences or no, will experience CTE. No, no, no. It's, it's a thing in football that people suffer from. And now becoming more and more and more apparent, well, you're going to get it. There's a lot of brain hits. But- with everyone talking about it more and more, it feels like people are putting their kids in football less. Right, 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 right. But then it is, as Walter was saying, like many sports are an opportunity for success that they might not have otherwise. In New Zealand with rugby, I feel like it's a sport that it doesn't really matter what your background is socioeconomically. You have a chance if you're physically great in that space to do incredibly well. So it's like kind of a level playing field. Yeah. In like rec league football, Mm. a lot of white kids Mm. are less likely to go into it now. Oh, now they know the potential for brain injury. Yeah. But if you're in a marginalized group and you're disenfranchised, you're weighing that. Right. To succeed in this crazy way. Yeah. Versus versus my brain might get injured and I'm going to be suffering like 30 years down the track. Exactly. You're right. And white kids are like, I'm just not going to go down that path at all because I'm going to take this other pathway. They don't have the luxury of deciding to, I'll just go, I guess, get a law degree instead. Then that's guaranteed to me. Like that. Yeah, totally. I- he had like a lot of siblings, single mum, and that was his pathway out of that. And not even out to help, to, to help his family, to yeah. pass that down. Yeah. I assume the NFL is like forking out for some of these injuries and stuff, like are the payouts. They're changing the rules. So there's hits that are illegal. They're they're trying to minimize the amount of it. Yeah, gotcha. The thing in these sports like rugby and football and you can into like MMA, these are like physically really taxing sports. So it's like, what are the boundaries between being healthy on your brain and playing the actual sport? Because eventually without hits, it's not going to be a fun game for people to watch, right? Exactly. So what do you do? I mean, Walter seemed happy. His body was a wreck. (laughs) His whole thing was still like best experience of his life. All worth it. Totally fine. Huh. I get it. When you have an experience like that, especially on a team, there's just nothing like it. Yeah. Did you ever play any team sports? I played basketball for a little while. I wasn't very good. It was extra stressful because my brother was literally the coolest person 
at school. Oh. And he was like in the top basketball team at our school, at high school. What's the top tier team mm. in high school? Do you have like varsity and junior varsity? Oh, no, we don't have any of oh, that. Oh, okay. No, okay. you're just like, I think like you're just like the first team or something. It's like numbered. God, that's so American. Even within high school sports, we have an echelon. We have the best, which is varsity. And if you're a freshman you're on varsity, you're the best. Each other. Yes, always from or day even one. even like at prom, you've got like prom king and queen. Like yes. we don't have that in New Zealand. You're all going even, you know? It's very strange. Wow. But at school, I was terrible. I mean, I played the saxophone, so I was like walking around the school with like a case all day. You can imagine how cool that was. And my brother was with the coolest girl at school, best basketball player in the school. He's back of the bus. I'm like front of the bus. It was like a true nightmare. So yes, I played basketball, but it wasn't a great experience for me. God. I was stacked against me. This is my you know? favorite part of the show because every episode we just learn a little bit more about <laughs> David Ferrier and I love <laughs> it. I was in band and I wasn't good. Like the saxophone <laughs> isn't a good instrument to play. You need to be really good at it to even like begin to play it publicly. Right. It's not like the guitar where you can kind of strum along and be a bit useless but still kind of get away with it. A saxophone is like a deeply offensive sound. <laughs> the reed's disgusting. It gets full of spit. You've always got like a smelly reed. That's awful. And this big case that kids will steal and like run away with. Oh so I got glasses. I had braces. It was awful. Yeah. But I mean, that's why maybe sport, initially I have a reaction to it that is negative because I associate it with that experience. Yeah, but I as think an a adult, lot of people do. As a fan, I think maybe there's a potential for me to get back into it. Okay. I mean, I like that. But I do think football players, people feel very insecure around them because they're so masculine by the most stereotypical yep. standard. I and think what made it okay with me and Walter was I was intimidated until that moment he was like, I choose my favorite candy. Yeah, and he got so really excited about it. That. It's such a delicious candy. But him, it's like this little pink candy. And mm. the idea of him like throwing those back before a game, it just made him completely innocent and unscary to me. Is it like a taffy? Yeah, it's like a little chewy taffy. Mm, yeah. When he's explaining the rules, you called it a scheme. A scheme. And is I, that not what you I refer think, to it as? I think you mean like the plays. The plays. Yeah. You, you scheme before a game. Well, you get the big whiteboard and the pen and you draw out the scheme for the game. It's true. Yeah, it just sounds, the plot. It sounds like a um, sounds mischievous. Yeah, when, yeah sounds exactly. So I feel like I learned a little, I learned that, what did I learn? I didn't learn anything about the technical aspects of the sport but i learned that i think i like the culture of it yeah it seemed fun i like the locker room snacks and i like the snacks are the best this idea of like a chance to like escape whatever your background is to just be like some big superstar it's like very aspirational it is and that's very american it's so american it's all america is is like aspirational the dream it's the dream i am upset that no one when they talked about the snacks mm. brought up dips Oh, right. Dips are like the Super Bowl thing. Like chips and the wings, you're probably dipping into things as well. Yeah, wings and ranch, buffalo chicken dip, there's seven <sighs> layer dip. Ranch is something that we don't have in New Zealand, whereas here it's so delicious. I'm loving having ranch on things. Dipping a chip into ranch is very novel. In New Zealand, you're only dipping it into tomato sauce. Ew. The idea of dipping it into ranch is novel, and I love it. Wait, I'm sorry. You're acting like <laughs> dipping into tomato sauce? A chip is... Are That's you all you do. salsa? No, tomato sauce. <laughs> That's it's, a thing? Yeah, tomato. Yeah, like Wattie's tomato sauce. What? <laughs> First of all, you don't have this that? is like football where everything you're saying is getting weirder and weirder no, by the second. No, you call it ketchup. 
Oh, ketchup. Ketchup. Yeah, that's oh, what I'm talking about. Okay, ketchup. that's still incredibly rare to do in America to dip a, a chip I've noticed. in I've noticed ketchup. no one's dipping it in there. That's all we do in New Zealand. So I'm learning your ways. Like I'm, These okay. are the little things I'm doing to fit in. Like, okay, I get like I get the ranch, not, not yeah. the sauce. All right, and I mm. want you to try French onion dip. This is what you do. You mm. take a sour cream, mm-hmm. and then you put two packs of Lipton's French onion soup pack. I know this. We have a similar thing okay. in New Zealand. It's a different brand, but it's exactly the same recipe. Okay. All right. Very familiar. Very delicious. Okay. Really tasty. At this past Super Bowl, I did a taste test. Mm. I was in charge of the French onion dip. Mm-hmm. I brought a sour cream one, and then I brought a Faye Greek yogurt one. I can't taste the difference. You blindfolded it? Well, I didn't blindfold. I just... Yeah, you just like went in there and yeah. tied those. <laughs> yeah. It's not a fair test. You've got to blindfold. Else you know what you're having and that internal bias will creep in. It's just in two bowls. Yeah, but you know which is in which bowl, obviously, well, when you're dipping in. I did, but no one else did. So I was asking, like, do oh, you guys I taste see. a difference? But for you, that doesn't count. Okay. If you know, you've got to, like, not know the thing. Your internal bias will You're such through. a rule follower. So, you, so you should have been a football a nerd. player. So I was flummoxed. This is a kid playing the saxophone at high school. <laughs> well, this cool brother played basketball and got all the girls and stuff. I think you earned yourself three or four American points. Oh, thank you. I'm and getting closer to that magic score of 100%. Yeah, you're getting there. I'm sitting at about five. Actually, you know what? If I just have to be really honest, I think this was negative four. Backwards. I want want to be positive here, but when I'm really looking back at our notes, I put Dion Warwick. (laughs) This has been a mess. I feel like I've taken you backwards in being an American. I feel like I'm extracting you (laughs) from your deserved reward of being an American. All right. I'm sorry, Monica. It's okay. We'll try again next time. (laughs) 